Ooh. <laughs> What's up, good people? It's time for another session of that verbal cardio, man. We back. We back in business, man. We back out here, man. Another episode of me running my mouth. Verbal cardio. That's why it's called that, just in case you were wondering where the title came from. It's just me running my mouth. You know what I'm saying? Verbal cardio. I got my co-host extraordinaire, Water, Tony's co-host. Shout out to Kat for getting me this. Water, man. Vitality right here, man. This is everything. This is everything, man. All your ailments, you need to get in on this. Think about all the medicine you take. You got to wash it down with something. Wash it down with water, man. Every time you hear about people taking their own life, they they overdose on the pills and they wash it down with vodka. You always hear about them, man, they had the vodka in the, in the pills and they OD. You know what I'm saying? Water helps you take those big ass dry pills, man. I got my foot propped up. Why? Because water. Water is life, man. Respect it. Hold it. Cherish it. Sabrina, producer extraordinaire, is back. Here. She was in Houston, Houston. last week. H time. It's nice. I like it. If you will, you like Houston. Yeah, there's a lot of parts that feel so brand new. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, this is this is fresh on the scene. Big houses. Right. Everything is it seems so clean. Yeah. It seems and then but there was times where I was like, Oh yeah, I'm in the hood now. Yeah. And I felt Oh, it. you you hit the hood? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, I didn't get a chance to hit the hood. It was it was like it's funny because there's this one part that I was like, is this? the hood yeah and because it was like confusing like coming from a place where the hood is like projects mm -hmm. and then when i i remember going to compton for the first time and be like yo these houses are mad nice like why y'all mad right <laughs> why y'all shooting people and yeah. then going home to this gorgeous ass house with mad square footage that's um, how i feel about cali hoods man yeah. it's just you got a house you got a, a yard mm, a front porch right the porch that should create peace on its own yeah like <laughs> i'm just like yo you got a yard man mm. why y'all getting shot in the yard right it's so funny but uh let me ask you do you prefer would you prefer to live in a nice neighborhood but it's brand spanking Everything's new. Or a nice neighborhood has been there a while. I like the new element because we kind of live in a new neighborhood. Yeah. And I just like how fresh it feels. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially since like the my lifestyle, mm -hmm. like going to the gym, I want my gym to be pretty new. Yeah. Um, the gym I went to in Houston was new. Loved mm -hmm. it. All the machines were brand spanking new. Uh, everything felt amazing in there. Um, and then even like a new neighborhood means that I might have a vegan option at a restaurant. Cause like old neighborhoods are like, you know, they'd be like, no, unless it's like an old neighborhood in Manhattan, there's always been vegan options over there. Yeah. But like, yeah, outside of that. No. Amir, put this in the in the put this poll in the in the chats worth, man. Would they rather live in a new neighborhood or old one? They both nice. Both immaculate. New or old. What you going with? Shout out to the chats worth, man. The patron saints up in here, man. The bakery. They up in here tough. In the chats worth, as I like to call it, man. I appreciate y'all, man. Shout out to Afro, man. 
Latoya, that sizzle, Miss Ree Renee, Pretty Pisces, and the whole crew. I'm going to go with, I prefer an older, nice neighborhood because um, I just like history and like old shit. Um, sometimes the new stuff is just too new and just it, it feels feels incomplete a lot of the time. And I just like that. Uh, like when I'm in an old neighborhood in various cities and I'm just like, yo, it's, it's so dope out here. I get a different feeling than when I go to a, a new neighborhood. That's different, though. I'm thinking California new because old neighbors, neighborhoods out here are trash. Think about where we are right now. Think about where the studio is located when you're driving through this neighborhood. This neighborhood's old. I'm good. It's but, industrial though. But then, yeah, yeah, this, this yeah. is big industrial. But even this like, well, think of like, like, go, like somewhere Reseda. like Reseda. I don't no, like Reseda. Altadena. Like, that's old. Pasadena is yeah, old. Pasadena is cool. Pasadena is cool. But like, if I'm like, say old Brooklyn, like brownstones, I'm in there. Old Chicago. That mm. even looks really nice. That's I different. Like, I would love that. But those are old cities. I like old, LA's old neighborhoods. City. LA like, is older than a lot of people think. And Pasadena is mad old and it's beautiful there. Pasadena is nice. And I would I, I would prefer that over a new developed neighborhood. Or even like because uh, some cities are just whack across the board, some areas out here. But like mm-hmm. um I just like a night even even uh in Burbank. Toluca Lake is old. Yeah. Like, and it's beautiful over there. And like that's probably like one of my favorite areas in LA, in the LA area. And the area in Burbank over there by kind of where the Disney studio is. It's old over there too. Mm-hmm. And I like that area. So I'm gonna go with old. I I will go old East Coast, new mm-hmm. West Coast. Cause even okay. like when I think of Arizona, I'd like newer yeah. areas. Um so yeah, like when it comes to the West Coast, new. Yeah. But when it comes to the East, old. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. Even Midwest, I would go old and then yeah. down south, new. Cause I like new Atlanta. Like the way new Atlanta like mm. things things that look new in Atlanta. Yeah. I like the way it looks. Okay. You know what I mean? So I think it's all regional for me personally. Yeah. Cause sometimes like that neighborhood we went to and uh by us, by Six Flags. Oh yeah, that's crazy. It's, it's dope, but it, it's just too naked over there. Yeah. It's, it's so yeah. new. It's just like that's the new neighborhoods feel lifeless. Yeah, it's that's something. what I don't like about it either. But it's I like something seeing... there that's missing. It'd be like, all right, like even 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 our neighborhood now, it's super walkable, super attractive, but it, it don't have no soul at all. It don't have no. Yeah, nothing's I don't really have a sense of neighborhood. Yeah. When I'm walking around there, I get that. So I just yeah. be like, "It's attractive." Don't get me wrong. It's, I love walking around, but it's just—I don't know. It's something about old neighborhoods. They got an extra swag to them. I'm with the the old neighborhoods pretty much across the board. Yeah, because it gives it even if there are some like a mix of newer houses or anything in that 
particular neighborhood. It gives it some sense of diversity as far as design. Mm-hmm. And just you could kind of look at a house and be like, ah, man, I could you could feel where it came from. Yeah. New houses all look very similar. Oh, they They're designed the same, very yeah. similar. And right. I guess that'll be the trend for when we look back at things 30, 40 years from now and be like, well, these houses were built in the 2010s and shit. But right. just in general, it's like as far as design has gone, we've went from maximalism to minimal, you know, minimalism. Yeah. And now all the houses feel like they look exactly the same mm-hmm. from the outside to the inside. Right. So everything is kind of structured in a way where it's like, you know, uh, Kind of things like ah, they all look similar. Like where my parents live in Atlanta, all the houses in the subdivision are s- similar. They're newer yeah. houses, but they all are similar. Um, but they don't have the full new design like modern houses look. They kind of have right. like a in between. Like they don't look like they was in the nineties where all the houses were trying to be flat. Yeah, but they have like stories to them, basements, bricks, mm. and stuff like that. So they gave it. It's a new built house with an old school design, in a sense. Oh, gotcha. But not as old as like my grandma's house where she has a porch and, yeah. you know, the overlook and all that kind yeah. of stuff like that. So When your parents moving in that neighborhood? Uh, we moved in there in 2011, but I think that house was built in like, it was built in 2000. So oh, it's, it's, oh, a, wow. it's a new. It's new. Super yeah. new. Wow. Yeah. And your grandmother's house is... My grandma got that house in, I want to say, the 60s or or early, like, yes, the late 60s, probably. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and it's a, where I'm from in Virginia is a historically just, it's pretty much a, almost all black city. Oh, so your, um, your grandmother's house is in Virginia? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. my, yeah, my upbringing is most, it, half gotcha. Virginia, half Atlanta. So they're in Virginia, and her house is like, in a, it was mostly like a predominantly black neighborhood. Like, yeah. you see like a TV show, and they be... Like the black TV shows back in the day, and that, that neighborhood was like that. Oh, wow. Now, a lot of these houses are broken down or they burned up or anything like that. And then they redeveloped and try to put the projects across the street and all this mm. other crazy stuff. But they want that neighborhood because they want to gentrify it. Of course. And I'm worried that when they go, I don't know what's going to happen to that house. And what I part want of Virginia? Um, Petersburg. Petersburg. That's close to what? What what's the biggest city closest? The biggest city would be Richmond, but that's about 30 minutes away. That's 30 minutes. Okay. So we're south of that. So if you've yeah. ever driven there, um, it's where I-85 and 95 meet uh-huh. pretty much. So I-85 ends right there. Okay. So that's where, and it, it ain't nothing to see. You'll go right past it and it's yeah. nothing. It's like two, two, three exits and then I, that's it. Damn. So it's a super small city, but you got a lot of history there because it's Virginia, you know, first place where colonialism and all that kind of yeah. stuff took place or whatever. Yeah. Then the bridge, there's a, yeah, it, there's a lot of, it's just, that is Virginia in itself. It's just history city. Right. So. Virginia got deep history, man. Yeah. That's what I like about the East, man. It's no disrespect to the West, but the East is just, there's so many stories within just that region of the country. It's just like, man, you know what I'm saying? It's old. There's so much going on. Um, So much of the history that we know, you'd be like, oh, okay, this is where it all began right here. So it's crazy. Um, A lot of brick, man. I love brick. Baltimore is Brick City. God I love damn. Brick. I love Brick. Mm-hmm. I miss great. Brick. Being being out here, man. I love Pittsburgh Brick. Yep. I love Brick, man. Um, L.A. They don't respect Brick out here. They can't. Tony likes Brick and wood panel basements. No, I don't really <laughs> what, like wood what is panel. It? That what panel. Is it? I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. I can, <laughs> that's I can what lose I imagine. That. That's what I imagine. No, nah, nah, that's. Uh, but I think it's because your dad's house. My dad's house is like that. But I don't need the wood panel down there, the okay. fake wood. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly I, what I don't it is, plasticky. I don't need that. But I do love a good brick house. They just feel sturdy. That was a big yeah. deal when my parents getting their house. It was like, we want a majority brick house. And it, feel, it, it feels like it's cooler, too. Like, I'm always thinking about it, hot. 
You know, it's something about the brick. That definitely keep you insulated yeah. a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. So. It just got to be done right. Because if it's done wrong, them little, little holes in the. Oh, man. Yeah. It's coming right through. Yeah, we talking about all this, man. Did you watch The Watcher? No. Man. I don't even know what that the is. The Watcher on Netflix, man. Bro. Based on a true story. I heard, the, oh, I have heard people talking about it. I don't know what, that, it's not, what it was about at this all. This couple that buys this house, they buy this house, little, little, little nuclear family, husband, wife, two kids, daughter and a son. They buy this house, you know, for a few million dollars. And when they're living there, they start getting these letters from an anonymous person like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I watch your house. This, that, and the third. You know, I'm looking forward to watching you, you know, further down the line. So they're getting these strange letters, and they don't know where it's coming from. So at this point, anybody's a suspect. They got weird-ass neighbors. Everybody is a suspect. Everybody's like, yo, man, it's the neighbors. It's them. It's this, it's this that, and the third. It's this person. It's the guy installing the cameras. It's, they don't know where to turn. And... You know, everything just unravels into this whole mess of just like, you know, pets getting killed, somebody in the house, who's responsible for this, husband turning on wife, actually wife turning on husband, actually. Yeah. Um, Nobody can be trusted. So it was just a lot going on and seven episodes on Netflix. So at this point, you know, you get invested because it's like a page turn. It's like, all right, man, shit. Well, who who is it now? We all we all in. Like who who's writing the letters? Who's responsible for this? What's gonna happen to this family? And you know, come to find out, I don't want to get an ending away, but right, right, right. This is it's, here's what's tricky about based on true story stuff. With a fictional story, you can get closure a lot of times. Like, you know, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. And they can they can they can close it up into a nice little package for you and just be like, here's what happened to these characters. This is what happened. This is the story. In real life, y'all know it don't always work like that. There's a lot of unsolved, unresolved, unfinished shit out here. Like one of the biggest blue ball movies I've ever seen, Blue Ball Central, and I know I was going to get blue ball because I know they never caught the killer, was the movie Zodiac. Yeah. Zodiac (laughs) was the biggest blue ball of blue balls. But I'm I'm walking into it knowing they never caught the Zodiac killer, but I'm watching it anyway. And then you get caught up, you get invested in these cats trying to investigate the story from the journalistic standpoint, from a guy that was just into it. And from the cop standpoint, you just like, yo, man, who's the Zodiac? And then you watch the movie and it's just like, of course they don't know who. It, because it never happened. It never got solved. So now you just sat there for two and a half hours watching Mark Ruffalo, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Robert Downey Jr. You're invested. And then you remember like, oh, yeah. They never, they never solved the case. All right, I'm getting off IG Live. If y'all want the rest of this, join the Patreon. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about. You feel me? Click the link in my bio. The Patreon link is right there. So you never get the full story. And so you walk right into some blue balls. And it's just like, man, why did I do that to myself? So I'm going to just leave it at that. But 
I feel let down by the watcher because I was all in. The middle got real good, and it was like, man, I got to start the new episode. We were doing a watch party together, me and the patron saints, and it was just like, yo, man, where we going? What's next? And then I just feel like, I feel like I just never got closure, like real closure. You know, it was some sem- semblance of it, but it, it wasn't enough. And I'll say this. I'm going to ask you this, Sabrina. Do you think that house is worth $3 million? Considering the location. Jersey? Yeah. It was, it was a nice house. It was a nice house. It Beautiful had, yard. Yeah, like everything about it was yeah, like. It was a nice house. Like that makes more sense to be three mil than what you would find for three mil in Burbank. Right, for sure. Yeah. For so sure. So like, yeah, that's a, it's a $3 million house yeah. and it's got history to it. It was attractive. It was a, it was a good looking house. Yeah. Would you have sold it? <sighs> to be honest, if I would have gave up as easy as they did. You think they gave up easy? Yeah, because I feel like they didn't really like, they were too busy seeking instead of fighting back. In my yeah. mind, they weren't really fighting back. They were just trying to like, who's who's doing this? It's like, right. man, stand your ground and just be like, all right, keep doing it. Yeah, I'm unbothered. You know what I mean? I'm going to lock up, I'm going to close up this little secret thing that I found. Yeah. So I don't know how y'all going to get in and out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have cameras everywhere. I'm going to have, like, little alarm systems everywhere. So if you come up from the basement, bam, 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 you know what I mean? I'm going to hear you. Like, I would, I just feel like they were so quick. Every time something happened, they'd run to somebody be like, who's doing this? Yeah. It's like, bro, (laughs) first of all, sit for a second. You know it's not going to end. So then annoy them Mm. and make it seem like, damn, all right, they're not really... Because I do, I do feel like whoever was responsible was trying to get a rise. Out That's of exactly what. And I, I, the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, stop reading the letters. Yeah. That's the part that's <laughs> triggering you the most. And it's like, it's gonna be hard not to read the letters. Though. No, yeah, I get it, but it's like, don't read them at the mailbox. Yeah. That's one. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't let them stand know. there and read them. If somebody is sending you letters talking about I'm watching you, yeah, don't let don't them Don't read the letters at the mailbox. This is fact. Take all the mail in the house. Matter of fact, if I feel like you watching me, I'm going to go to the mailbox and sort through all the mail as I'm walking to the house and not even opening nothing. Right. I'm not even going to look bothered. I'm going to be like, oh, well, yeah, you know, the watcher again. I'd wave. I'd be, yeah. I'd be like, hey. Hey, watch I'm going to get excited about a check in the mail. Like, yeah. This. I'm going to hold it up to the heavens. <laughs> right. Watch this. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to high five my son if he's on the porch. Right. I feel like every time I'm outside, I would just start waving yeah. at nothing. Like, hey, buddy. And so whoever's watching is like, man, they're having a good time. Man, I'd leave cookies them. out and be like, you watching. Yep. You might as well hear. Might as well get some snacks. Yeah. You need something? Yeah. I'd be accommodating. I would definitely play it off to where you you're not bothering me. Yeah. Internally though, I'm gonna be like, you motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> but also the another thing that I don't get, and I'm not gonna give away too much, is that how did John get pushed that far? From letters? Yeah. Why did he become straight up obsessed? No, I'm talking about John who Oh like I get that. The whole job thing was yeah. stressful. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. the wife thing. But it's like, yeah, that's easy. Yeah. That's easy to just, I'm out. Right. 
You didn't have to do all that extra stuff. Well, yeah, that was. It was just, and from letters, like yeah. literally, like letters is just gonna make you go. Right. Amityville. Up yeah, in like it's so ridiculous. Yeah. So I'm just like, man, these people are soft. Big soft. They soft. They pancakes. Yeah. And Pancake they never batter. got a pistol. They never did nothing. Get a dog. They never got a pistol. No. Do- Imagine well, a dog. Imagine a big yeah, cane they had corso. A dog if of they had substance. A cane corso. Get yourself yeah. like a a pit bull. Get yourself multiple. I would have got a crocodile dogs. myself. Fuck it. I would have got a crocodile. We out. <laughs> oh yeah, that's just George the Croc okay. downstairs. Yeah. Monitoring in the basement by the yep. little extra doors or whatever crocodile. But is a crocodile too easy to take over? If you're like a, well, I feel like if you if you sneak in the house, it might be the only time you sneak in because yeah, the crocodile yeah. you're not gonna expect that. No, you're not. You're gonna be tiptoeing <laughs> and coming through the little passageway, mm. and then you you probably gonna walk right across the crocodile mm-hmm. and then that's when they get you. Oh, even a monkey, because monkeys are so, like, you can't capture them. They be <laughs> they quit. all over the place. So it's like, if you get a guard monkey, they're yeah. not catching that. <laughs> even if they try to shoot it, the monkey's gonna be out. It's gonna right. be jumping. And then you're gonna hear the gunfire at that and point. And then, yeah, and then it's like, hello. My monkey caught ya. Monkey's been coming up a lot today because of DC's question. Oh, well, we should get a monkey. <laughs> we should get a monkey. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Sabrina. Uh-oh. You go to Indonesia. Okay. I want I want you, you to. You get wild on some drugs and oh. you smash a baboon. Oh. A baboon. I've seen their penis. I don't know. You smash one. Why would I do that? It's just what happened. You took a you took a baboon down. I would have chose up. Here are the choices for you. Okay. It's illegal what you did. Okay. You can either go to prison in Indonesia for a year. Come back, nobody knows what you did. Nobody ever knows the monkey business. Or you can avoid jail time, but you have to do a big press conference and tell people that you fucked the monkey. What you doing? So when you're in jail, avoid... nobody knows. So I mean, how, long, how long am I doing jail? A, a one year in jail. Indonesian, yeah. Indonesian jail? Mm-hmm. Don't look up nothing. Don't, I want to look up Indonesian nah, jail. Don't, don't don't look up nothing. Shit, Don't get the jail. stats and this. No, statistics. I just want to know what it looked like. It looks like jail. No, well, no, but the difference <laughs> is that like jail out here yeah. could be gorgeous. It could be a, it could be a resort mm-hmm. in comparison to Indonesian jail. There's some jails out here they, that look. I'll be watching them a little. Raid. Oh shit. Okay. Or what I gotta tell everybody. I smashed. Not everyone gonna watch that press conference. Press conference is gonna be on all the news outlets. Yeah, it's but, gonna be big news. But a lot of people don't really pay attention to the news. Oh, uh, but it's gonna go crazy on on Twitter. You on like, Twitter as the, the, the monkey check monkey business. That's the only fans the right streets. there. I'm for the I'm for the jungle. Mm-hmm. What you mean? <laughs> the streets is out. Bad boom. Um, I might I might take. I might take the jail time because I, I feel like that's going to build character. I might come out swole. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Food got to be fresh. It's going to be nasty. I'm not going to be eat, like eating a lot because I'm sure a lot of it's not vegan. Or they really respect fruit, so I might be able to eat something. Right. Um, Probably have some rice, fruit. Yeah, yeah, rice, fruit. I could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess I'll go to jail. 
That's what you I. You got to look at the bright side of jail. I picked it. I picked jail as well. You I want abs? Like, Go to jail. I was like, I can't. I can't. I can't do the press conference. I can't be known as the guy that smashes monkeys out here. But your ticket sales. They they were saying <laughs> they were saying I can get some good material out of it, but that's just right. material I just don't want to do. So I'm like, jail me up, man. Give me that jail time, man. Give me that year. Damn. Dude, there was this video. There's this video. Uh, I don't know where it took place, so I'm not going to say nothing. I, I don't want to get the wrong place. Yeah. But this dude was like clown. It was in a different language, and he was clowning like, yo, look at my boy. Like, he over here, whatever, whatever. He creeps up. You see a fence, and then you see a guy, the back of a guy's head, and he's like thrusting, and he don't know what he's doing. And so his friend, guys being guys, runs up on him, starts laughing like, oh my God, which I'm assuming he's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's smashing a goat. Smashing. And he's like, yo. He doesn't even stop thrusting. He's just, yo, get out of here. I was like, son. And that's on, that's on, uh, that's on the internet. Come on, man. That's on the internet. These animals didn't sign up for this. Right. No consent. Yeah. Zero consent. I mean, the goat was like, not moving. <laughs> I don't know. The hell, man. Uh, that shit is crazy, but it, yeah. That shit is so crazy. People wild out here. Man. Yeah. Men are disgusting. Uh, dude, see a whole, oh, it's warm and wet. Let me go. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let me go ahead. Oh, my God. <laughs> Speaking of watching stuff, so... I watched this show called The Offer on Paramount Plus. Um, the Offer is about pretty much how they got The Godfather made. Um, it's with Miles Teller is the star. Uh, you may remember him from such films as Whiplash and uh, Top Gun Maverick. And he plays uh, producer Al Ruddy, who was the sole producer on The Godfather movie. So this show was great. It was it was great. It showed you everything. It showed you everything they had to go through to get one of the best films ever made made. And it was just funny to see everything that was going on behind the scenes. You got you got the real, you know, mafia involved. You got producers at Paramount. You got uh Robert Evans and and Paramount arguing. You got them arguing over the cast members and all this stuff like that. And so it was really dope to see all the hurdles they had to go through to get the movie made. Because it was like, all right, Mario Puzo, who wrote The Godfather, right? He wrote The Godfather. It became one of the best-selling books of all time. It was like it was like second to the Bible at that point in time. So it was it was selling like crazy. Mario Puzo uh, wrote the book. And it was an absolute smash. Paramount was on the ropes because they had a they had a string of like flops, so they were on the ropes as a as a film company. Al Ruddy is coming in from the corporate world. He used to work with the brand corporation or something, so he wasn't even in that life of like movie producing and doing stuff like that. So he ended up producing and getting a show made called Hogan's Heroes, which was a hit back in the day. So that was his first foray into like being a producer. Hogan's Heroes, he pitched the hell out of it. It became a TV hit. So uh, Robert Evans is just like, yo, man, let's do, uh, 
Let's do a film adaptation of this movie, The Godfather, and let's get that going. And Paramount at that time, Robert Evans had put faith in this movie called A Love Story with uh, Ally McGraw. Love Story starred Robert Evans' wife at the time. And so they greenlit Love Story. They greenlit the, um, the Godfather, and they were like, yo, we need writers for this. They were like, yo, let's just have Mario Puzo write the screenplay. And it was just like, no, man. When authors, Hollywood apparently, I found this out recently, they don't want the author of the original material to write the screenplays. That's a different muscle. And so they were just like, nah, we don't want Mario to write the, to write the script. And it was like, you're going to take all day, and it's just like, you know, it, it's a different animal it's a different animal than writing a novel and writing a screenplay. So then they were like, all right, well, we need a director, man. Let's have this dude, you know, Francis Ford Coppola come in. He's Italian. You know what I'm saying? He didn't have no hits at the time. It was just like, let's have Francis Ford Coppola do the joint and he can, he can co-write the script with Mario Puzo. So it's a little bit of pushback. You know, like, man, we don't know, man. Who is this guy? Who is this guy over here? And so they had to fight tooth and nail to get that. So they get it. Francis Ford Coppola and Mario uh, write the screenplay together. So they're going at it. And, you know, they want to film in New York. The film company's like, nah, man, it's going to be too expensive, man. We can't, we can't film in New York. Mind you, the mafia hears about this movie getting made. And Frank Sinatra was like, man, nah, man. Frank Sinatra and Mario Puzo end up meeting at this one place. And Mario rose up on Frank Sinatra and was like, yo, Frank Sinatra, I'm a huge fan. My mother, my whole family's a huge fan. Dude whispers in uh, Frank Sinatra's ear. And he's like, oh, you're Mario Puzo. You wrote The Godfather. Man, fuck you and that book, man. You know what I'm saying? You got Italians out here looking bad. You know what I'm saying? This, that, and the third. So, and Mario ain't no punk. He's like, man, I ain't going to take no disrespect, man. So, they almost get, they, they snatch each other up by the collar at this restaurant. Mario pulls a fork out. I don't know what he's about to do with that fork, but he wasn't no hoe. So, you got that. So, it was like. So then they established the Italian-American League or whatever. And then, you know, uh, there's a gangster who just got moved up in the ranks, Columbo, in uh, New York, played by Giovanni Ribisi. I love him as an actor. And so, you know, they're saying, hey, yo, man, we don't want this movie made. So the mob is against it because they feel like The Godfather is not a good look for Ita Italian-Americans. The movie studio is like, yo, we don't want... We can't afford to shoot in New York. Let's just shoot on the film sets. Francis Ford Coppola is like, yo, I want to be in New York. I want it to look authentic. We need to be, we need to shoot it in New York. Then they were like, all right, we need stars in this movie, man. Who can we get in this movie? We need stars. And so, you know, they 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 talking about Jack Nicholson at one point in time. And it was like, all right, well, you know, let's get Marlon Brando. It's like, Marlon Brando, he, you know, he won't do it. He's a loose cannon. And Marlon, Marlon Brando is notorious for being difficult. Like you never know what you're going to get with Marlon Brando from a producer's side of it. So they were just like, Francis Ford Coppola was like, I'm going to write him a letter personally to see if he'll do the movie. You know what I'm saying? The movie studio was like, man, we would love Brando. We know he could deliver, but he's hell. So we were just like, nah, we're not, we not really rocking with Marlon Brando. So for the role of Al Pacino's character for Michael Corleone, Francis Ford Coppola was like, I saw this kid in the play. He's phenomenal. Great actor, man. His eyes, man. His eyes. And he was just like, 
Who the hell is this, man? We don't know this guy, Al Pacino. We don't know him. No, we're not doing this. So they were against Al Pacino from the jump. They were just like, nah, man, we're not casting this unknown actor to play Michael Corleone, man. Let's get a bigger name. They arguing, you know what I'm saying? They're getting the rest of the cast solidified. They're getting James Caan. They're getting Robert Duvall. But they were like, yo, we're not doing Al Pacino. Francis Ford Coppola is telling Al Reddy, like, yo, man, I need Al Pacino, man. And so you're seeing, you're seeing him go through all these hurdles for them to stick with Al Pacino. And Al Pacino's like, I hear what I hear what they're saying about me, man. They don't want me on the picture. They don't want me on the picture. You know what I'm saying? And the and the actors that they got to play these, you know, acting legends, the dude playing Al Pacino, he had these like Al Pacino like eyes. And the way he was talking, he was like, I know they don't want me to do the movie. And so, and we all know the Godfather now. We all know that Al Pacino is perfect for the role and so and i and i fully realized that in my opinion this one of al pacino's most understated performances and michael corleone says so much was just his eyes in the godfather one and two like you know he wasn't that explosive it was just a lot said in his body language and just the way he was looking at people and he was looking when Michael Corleone would be looking at people in that movie, he'd be looking into their soul and like through them. And I'm just like, man, this is so effective without even saying a goddamn word. And so, but they were fighting for France, uh, uh, fighting for Al Pacino to stay in the movie. So much so that they were just like, man, we want him off the picture. He was like, just look at the dailies. Just look at the dailies of this kid. He's like, man, he's little. He's a shrimp. We don't want him. And so, and then Marlon Brando was like, yo, I'll do the movie. You know what I'm saying? I'll do it. Marlon Brando was coming off a string of flops, so he decided to do it. He decided on his own to put stuff in his mouth and to talk the way he did. And Francis Ford Coppola, when they was at Marlon's house, he just pulled out his little camera and was like, man, they, they left the house like, yo, man, this is G. This is what we're talking about. They was excited. Marlon was in. They wrestled a little bit for the fee. And then um, they were still trying to get rid of Al Pacino. They were still trying to not shoot New York. And the Italian politicians were like, we will never give you the permits to shoot in New York. We're just not going to do it. We don't support the film. The producer had to convince Colombo, who was really in the mob, yo, we're not trying to make Italians look bad in this movie. It's really a story about family. That's what it's all about, family. And he was like, I don't know. And he was like, all right change some of the language in the script, take out mafia in the whole script. And he's like, done, done. So they, you know, they doing all of this, but they still can't shoot in New York because that one politician was holding out. And then they tell the politician, like, look, man, you better let it happen, man. You better just open them legs up and let them shoot here. So they end up getting, getting clearance to shoot in New York. They got the unions at their side. And so you see all of this happening with the mob, the movie studios, the actors, they finally got off their back about Al Pacino. And it was to the point where, it was to the point where they were going back and forth so much with Al Pacino. Al Pacino told them, like, look, I thought, I thought they didn't want me for the movie. And so I ended up signing up for another movie that's a comedy. And I signed the contract. And they were like, you signed a contract? And then they were just like, yeah. And so they had to get him out of that contract. They had to... They had to do a trade-off as a studio. So the producer was like, we'll give you Robert De Niro to be in that movie if you give us Al Pacino 
And then Robert De Niro can do the movie that Al Pacino signed up for and will give you rights to a certain book. So it was just like they had to do all this stuff juggling around. And what's funny is Robert De Niro ends up in The Godfather 2 as Vito Corleone. And so they go through all that. And it turns out that The Godfather becomes the highest grossing movie of all time at that time. And, you know, we all know what became of The Godfather. So it was just dope to see that whole process and how they got it done. And Al Reddy's character had a phenomenal assistant. She was dope. And what I liked about the, the, the relationship between Al Reddy and his assistant is that they never, there was never any sex involved or any type of romance with those two characters. There was like... They kept it professional and they had each other's backs and it was just like, yo, this is dope. So it, it was a great show. Now, now I want to see a series like this about every classic movie now. I would love to watch this about Jaws or Jurassic Park or, you know, Seven or Pulp Fiction. Now I want to see every every movie that we deem classic I want to see a series based on how they got it made because I know they be going through a lot of shit, and you get a you get a new respect for what movie producers really do, what the directors do, what the writers do, what the movie producers do. It's so much going on behind the scenes that the regular audiences are not privy to, and it's just like man, these little these little details right here, and pushes and pushback, and the fights they had to have behind the behind the production. I was just like, yo, man, give us more of this. Give us more. And I, I hated that it went off. I was just like, man, I want to see, you know, how they get part two made. But, you know, if you look at interviews with Francis Ford Coppola, he was like, man, part two was way easier to make because they already believed in the in the product at that point. So check out the offer if you have Paramount Plus. I'm giving it four and a half saxophones out of five. Um, I know that's not an official review, but I just gave you the whole rundown. But it was, it was dope. It was it was super dope, and it made me go back and watch. Want to watch The Godfather? I ended up watching Peggy Sue Got Married <laughs> instead, which is a totally different movie. That's hilarious. Same director though, um, but it's crazy. And the and the cast that they got phenomenal cast. They did a great job. So check out the offer. The offer. The offer. Yeah, you definitely make me want to watch it. Yeah. That's such an interesting concept too to make a whole show. Cuz there's so many moving movie. parts. Yeah. That was interesting. You got the mob in there, you it got the movie sense. studios, you got marriages getting crumbled up. Yeah. And um it it's was just so dope crazy. to see. It was I was compelled. The the show, I mean, it's not exactly the same, but the show I was telling you about not too long ago, Hollywood um, that was on Netflix. Uh-huh. It kind of like shows you like behind the scenes of like all what it is to make certain things. Yeah. And, like, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. This is like, I want more of this. Right. And so that's what that sounds like. Like it gives you a glimpse of like, all right, this behind is what it is scene, to make a movie. Do. This is yeah. what it is to like be an actor. And this was back in the day though. Right. Hollywood takes place in like, I don't even know what year, but it was 30s and 40s. Yeah. Probably around there. So. Yeah, that sounds interesting. I'm with it. And it was fun. Like I love watching stuff that's based in reality because then I go to I go to Google right away as I'm watching the show. It makes you go like, all right, what did this dude do for real? And like you know, yeah. you looking up, you looking up actors. Oh, they really broke up. And then you looking at, oh, here's the timeline right here. And it was just dope to see. Um, 
I like that. Shout out to Chicago. Chicago uh, as a city. Hmm. Give a quick shout out because Chicago Bulls won yesterday and so did the Bears. So it was a great night for me as a sports fan uh, and a loyalist, if you will. Um, the Bears beat the Patriots and the Bulls beat the Celtics. So it wasn't a good night for the Boston area, but it was a great night for Chicago. And um, it was pressure, so I needed that win. Um, Monday Night Football is pressure because that's the only game on TV, so everybody's looking. If you watch football, everybody was looking at the Bears and the Patriots. So I hate it when we lose on Monday night. I hate it when we lose the late night Sunday game or the Monday night game because, or or even the Thursday game because it's the only game on, and so everybody's looking, and it feels dope to not be embarrassed. Shout out to Justin Fields, who reminds me of Serene. He had over 80 yards rushing as a quarterback, and he threw for a touchdown, and he had a great game. So I'm always rooting for this kid, and I'm glad, man. It made me feel good. It was, it was just a good – yesterday was a good day. Yesterday was a great day. My teams won. I had a great shoot earlier in the day that was fun. Um, I watched Black Adam again. I had popcorn. Tony Bacon Friends was amazing. I had veggie grill. My teams won. It was a good-ass day. I worked out. I didn't slack. Just a good-ass day. Cherish the good days that you have, man. Log it. Mentally log it. Be like, yo, man, yesterday was a good-ass day. Log that. Because, you know, we've had, we've all had shitty days where you're like, man, that was a shitty day. But when you have a good one, take that mental note. What you keep looking at over there? time you want me oh, okay i was like man, hey, I man what she keep looking at i want to make sure i'm on no no i was just wondering i was yeah. like hey, she's looking over there tough but yeah man log log yeah, the good days um sabrina just found out sierra's only 37 bro i didn't know she was my age she just wait wait 37? hold on shout out to the knicks we won yesterday too but that's it well first of all <laughs> The Knicks have only lost one game so mm-hmm. far this season. I know. We look and it's crazy because preseason, I was like, man, I was never gonna be able to keep this up. Yeah. And look at us. The Knicks, man. But man It's early. I hate it. It's I know. Early. I do that every time. Every time it's I early. get excited, I remember who I'm a fan of and I'm like, all right. Yeah. But you know I mean, you know. Anything can happen. Anything could happen. It's early. The Lakers are 0 3. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. They out here winless in L.A. Yeah, that's crazy. LeBron and Anthony Davis don't have no help. Yeah. They don't have no help. That's so, so crazy. And LeBron, LeBron has done enough. Right, he tired. He owes nothing to no one. He's still showing up. He needs some help. Ain't you tired? Tired. And Westbrook is just. Wait, yeah. So Sierra, Sierra's Sierra. birthday is today. It's October so she just turned 25th. Yeah, the fact that I'm older than her by a few months, yeah, c- blows my mind. Because mm-hmm. when she came out, I thought she was older than me. Yeah, the whole time she came out. What 2004? Let me see when Sierra was first. that her debut. Sierra my goodies debut. My goodies, that's my goodies. Yeah, it had 2004. To be 2004. 2004. I equate. I equate. So this is how I can semi remember when stuff came out. I think about where I was living when I was seeing the videos. So I thought about Sierra's video and I was like, we were living in family housing. 
2003, 2004, 2004, 2005. So it had to be in that time frame. So that's how I can be like mm-hmm. 2004. And uh, I remember not liking her at first because I didn't like goodies mm-hmm. when it first came out. I didn't. I wasn't really feeling it until oh. The song O in the video, I was like, this shit is hypnotic. And I like the song. So O was like, all right, Sierra, I see you. And then here she is, still thriving. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I wish her husband was doing better with the Denver Broncos. Because I'm always rooting for Russell Wilson as an athlete, as a quarterback. But since he went to Denver, he hasn't really been performing. And I'm just like, shit. You saw what they did, the Raiders did? Mm-hmm. They uh while they were like on the field practicing, they played Future, Mad Loud. Oh, they try to get in his head, mm-hmm. and but he's probably like, he ain't worried about Future. Like I'm married to her, right? <laughs> she I'm, good. I'm married to her. She home. <laughs> we good. Yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a good husband. I, I love your son. Yeah. You know Yo, right. Your, your son. Your all, son is fantastic, man. Yeah, all you know in. Saying? All in on, on your son, though. Like, yeah, right. I'm successful myself. Mm-hmm. One of the highest played football players out right now. Yeah, you good. We good. Yeah. Future, you doing your thing. Your album is selling. Good for you. Good for you, man. We <laughs> wish you the best. <laughs> Future be selling, man. That's crazy. I may not like his music, but... Future is arguably one of the most influential rappers in the past 10 years. That's crazy. Cause yeah, I, I see it. I see it. People didn't like when I, when he was first coming up. I, I'll be honest. I didn't necessarily like Future, and I was in Atlanta. Yeah. But it was one of the points where it was like, bro, I can't escape this man. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? I actually do like this. And then I've just been a fan ever since. But seeing his ride, like, people didn't care too much about him, like, mainstream. So yeah. Says, like, he had some hits, some local hits, and some some smaller hits or whatever. Right. Then he switched it up with uh, Dirty Sprite, too. This dude, man, I may not, I'm not a fan at all, but I, I recognize his influence over the game. I do like March Madness, but um, it's just, even with his latest album, it's just, it's doing well. And it's, it's consistently in the upper part of the chart. So it's just like, his influence is crazy. Yeah, he he can't his, rap that was worth his first damn. number one, I think, solo number one with, with uh, Wait For You. The song "Wait for You." Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. No albums, yeah. He's had. He's definitely. Man, had it's albums. just yeah. the consistency is crazy. Yeah, like you got to compare him to like a Kanye and a Drake at this point in terms of consistently putting the numbers up. You know, over for a yeah, period it of time. was ridiculous. Yeah, I forgot I did the numbers because I forgot how many albums he had put out in like a two or three year <laughs> span. But it was or mixtapes yeah. in general. It was pretty ridiculous though. And his output is crazy. Like a year and a half, he did. It's just for me, though, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it, man. I can't. <laughs> He'd be featuring on tracks just ruining the shit for me. Oh, man. I'd be like, man. But. I like one song. It's the one that he did with Rihanna. No, oh, the love song? Yeah, but I'm a, you know, I'm a woman. I'm soft. I like that. Soft. I like March Madness. A lot of people like March Madness. It's probably, it's probably, I'm sure if I sat and listen to a full future catalog, I can come away with 10. Easily. That I could be like, all right, I can rock with these. Yeah. But I'm not, I, I don't have the patience to sift through all of the, 
all of the stuff. It's just now, like, even when I go back, I, it was like the seven-year anniversary of Dirty Sprite 2, and I went back and listened to it. I was like, dang, this sounds old, but it sounds like a lot of dudes today. And that's that's how you know he's a huge influence. When you go back, it's like how Rich, when people say, when people try to say about Richard Pryor that, you know, he, I don't see what the hype is because you've seen all of these comedians that Richard has influenced that you feel like uh, I've seen this guy a million times already. That's because he birthed so many other comedians. Mm-hmm. It's like that with Future. It's like so many, so many artists have been birthed from his sound that when you go back to the original, it's just like man, we feel like we heard this already. Yeah, that's because it was. That's so kind of like what happened with Lil Wayne. Yeah, it's you just go back like, to this stuff you're like man, you could just hear it, and yep. every you know that influence is huge too. Yeah, Lil Wayne's influence is. I would say probably arguably the biggest in rap, current rap for sure. I think he has the the bigger influence on rappers today than maybe any other rapper, low key. I can't argue with that in terms of uh, in terms of the sound of these new. Ca- I can't argue with it because you hear it. He it's did. Just, he did. Like he, he basically did all of that. Like, yeah. You know, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. You can't deny it. And you know me, credit with credit is due. And I'm like, yeah, I hear it. And like you know, Lil Wayne for me, he's not in my top. Personally, he's not in my top, my top rapper list. Just in terms of in terms of airplay for me personally. But I did rotate the shit out of the Carter Three, and um, and I do respect the pen game. Um, I wish he would quit modifying his voice. But other than that, like even on the DJ Khaled song with uh, him and Jay Z, I just hate that he modifies his voice. Oh, like auto tune. Yeah, auto tune, man. This this they people not gonna get away from that, man. <sighs> it's just not needed, no. especially for Wayne. Yeah, some well, some of these some other songs, cats some, need it. Some songs, uh, whatever. But it's like you know, I don't really know how many times he's trying to be melodic or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, it auto tune that man. He was there when it, you know it. He's one of the reasons why it's as big as it is now. So he, you know, let's lock on to that and hold on. Right. Like, that's a, that was the argument I think me and my brother were having. Who's a bigger influence from that period of time? Was it Kanye or was it Lil Wayne? Truthfully, who, who which one was it? Sonically, sonically, because there was an era where it was like obviously Kanye. Because it was a marriage of the two. Yeah. Because I feel like. I feel like 808 and Heartbreak birthed the sound of so much, mm-hmm. uh, so many artists since 808s came out. So that sound, I feel like, lives on in a lot of different artists in terms of like the production sound of it, mm-hmm. which which is Kanye and his collaborators behind the scenes that really, yeah, really cultivated that sound. So, uh, verbally, Lil Wayne. So I feel like it's a marriage of the two so you got the you got the the sound of Lil Wayne in terms of vocals, married with the sonic sound of Kanye West. Yeah, because I'm thinking side. like, okay, he just I think it was just that he went full album. Kanye went full album with Auto Tune, right? Because Lil Wayne was already doing Auto Tune. T Pain had already did Auto Tune. Yeah, it was T-Pain. already there. T Pain was the one that I feel like. Yeah, he really pushed it there, but it was right. like it was just him though. Like it was his thing. Yeah. 
And then Lil Wayne was like, I'm going to tap into this auto-tune thing. Mm-hmm. And then when he dropped Rebirth, which a lot of people didn't like, yeah. I'm a rock star, but right. I'm a rapper. I do this. I do that. And now you look at every rapper nowadays, I'm not a rapper. I'm mm-hmm. a rock star. Right. I do this. I do the auto-tune. Like, mm-hmm. you know. And with Kanye, of course, there was like, obviously, Drake, you know, opening right. the lane for his kind of sound and the right. filtered out stuff. Um, yeah, either way, I still, I still probably lean Wayne, though, personally. Even for newer guys, like, obviously, Young Thug. I would give it to Wayne, too, because not only has Wayne influenced so many artists sound-wise and also the visual style as well. Oh, how yeah. they look, how they carry themselves, the whole thing. That's in the Wayne vein, big time. Yeah. So you got, you don't have that many artists coming out looking like Kanye West. They more so looking like, you know, Wayne on the, on the Wayne side. So it was just like, Wayne... I feel like it's the bigger influence in terms of total package influence. Yeah. Wayne is just, you know, uh, he's birthed so many different artists. It's just like, God damn, you know. And you you can't discredit Wayne for that. And I, w- I would have never thought Wayne would become what he became. From I don't think seeing them seeing them as a kid with the hot boys is just like oh a little kid you know what I'm saying you never know this is the future of rap right here you yeah. might think that he had potential yeah no he gave us wobbly wobble ball wobble, wobble. drop it like it's hot <laughs> yeah. just, oh that's cute man yeah, this guy quotable, but he adorable. was young yeah when he actually started when they actually gave him time to rap on them tracks he was like oh this he's a problem right so it's like oh snap this he dude. was just yeah I can't believe he was that young doing okay. that and then. But he, it took a while, man. They, you know, people weren't necessarily looking at him like that. Mm-hmm. Like, if you knew, you knew. But if you, like, as far as, like, mainstream attention, they was like, Lil Wayne. For sure. And then Carter 3 dropped, and they was like, Lil Wayne. That's when, that's when it was like, by the time the Carter 3 dropped, it was just undeniable. And then, you know, a million in one week, it was just like. Yeah. Like, y'all, it. I'm here now. And he did that twice, y'all. He sold over a million in one week for the Carter 3 and 4. So. You gotta give it up to Wayne, man. And now we're coming into the era of the Drake era in terms of cast sounding like Drake, like a Jack, Jack Harlow or whatever. Yeah, um, which I would have never thought. Yeah, like we know Drake has an influence as far as like certain stuff because I listen to older stuff, but I can't put it on anybody. It's just something distinct that he's done that people will try to like emulate or whatever. Yeah. But he doesn't necessarily have the direct influence like a Future or Young Thug no. does. But there's certain things that he does that people will like lean into or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause Drake is just a what they call him. He's an everyman. He makes music for everybody. He does. And he's good at it. Now he tapped into the little house market or whatever. He's just brilliant at tapping into nobody's left out. Yeah. He's just like, I'm getting and that, into all and, and, of this. and that and doing that kind of stuff will make people either really like you or really hate you. Yep. I love it when he speaks Spanish on a track. He be doing that too. He, Man, he dipping he into the international in. market. Mm-hmm. He be going in too. And so just like this dude, this dude's a genius. Mm-hmm. And he be like, because some people will hop on a Spanish track but still speak English. Yeah. He's like, nah. Nah, man, I'm going all in. I'm going all in. <laughs> and it's so funny because he's on that uh, Romeo track and he sounds Dominican. Mm. And then he's on a Bad Bunny track and he sounds Puerto Rican. So it's like he's picking up on like the, yeah, the, the accents cues. and like, yeah, I'm like, okay. So people forget Drake was an actor first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes a huge difference in how he can just switch up how he 
his persona when he gets on the track. Right. He just feels like he belongs there. Yeah. It's rarely ever hear a Drake song to be like, like you might not have wanted him on the track, but it don't really sound like he was like out of out place. Out of place, yeah. Yep. That's the that's the quality of Drake. That's why he's been around for so long. Right. If you can make it so that you fit in with just about everything that yeah. somebody's making, you you hard to beat. Right. And I heard he wrote uh he wrote um have y'all listened to Beyonce's album? I gave it a once over. Um he wrote Heated on there. Mm-hmm. Co wrote oh, or something that. like that. He wrote it, oh, but wow. you can hear his influence on how like how she's singing. You can hear that. Yeah. It's like that's Drake's sound. Like you can tell that oh, wow. he had a play on it. If you, you go listen to it again, you can hear it. I gotta check back in on that. Have yeah. you listened to it, Sabrina? Mm-hmm. You like it? There's some songs I I, I have on my playlist. There's some I tracks like. on there. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I li- I listened to it when it first hit the streets, and I was like, you know, this ain't too bad. But I never went back, so it wasn't like I didn't like what I heard. I just mm-hmm. wasn't compelled to cue it back up. I get that. Yeah, yeah. That, but she kind of made an album like that. Like the not necessarily like it doesn't have replayability. It's just that when you hear it that one time, it was like that was good. Yeah, it's like you don't necessarily need to go back to kind of like try to catch a whole bunch of stuff. Right. It's just a it's a it's a work of art. Like she really put her time into it, and I respect yeah. that Beyonce just does that. I respect her as an artist, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. No, I, there, I, she, there ain't nobody on Beyonce's level. Man. She don't have peers yeah. for real. She is like there is obviously. We got Rihanna, but Rihanna's in a different vein. I feel like Rihanna's on her own level in a different space than Beyonce. I don't right. think they share the same. They don't even really make the same music per se. No, for I don't real. think they even they have the same talent. No, it, their talent it's different. Is completely it's, yeah, different. their talent yeah, level is totally mad different. Talented. Definitely got different talents. Yeah. Yeah. But then, that's like people will bring her, like bring Rihanna in. Not saying that she's better than Beyonce, but right. as far as like in that room. But I was like, I feel like Rihanna's just a different room. Yeah, yeah I think it's just uh, based on like celebrity. Yeah, and it's I think we're in that time period else. now. Where back in the day, it was like these people were competing to be in the, the same best, room. Right. Right. Now it's like we got rooms of people who are are damn great at different things, right? And then they can live and exist at, on their own. You know yeah, what I'm saying? For you sure. know what's interesting and like crazy to think about? They were always putting like Britney and Christina against each other, mm-hmm. but Britney had no talent Zero. compared to Christina. Christina can sing. Yeah. Christina sing you under the table. And the fact that Britney low key was almost bigger than Christina is. Oh, she was high key bigger than Yeah. Not even low key. But she was high key. It's so interesting that like this is what we went with. But if you put them on stage, oh yeah. Standing still, Christina will incinerate Britney Spears. With one note. Just it's not even close. Yeah. But they would have because mm-hmm. they were Disney, they were Disney kids. Yeah, they both in this realm of like pop and stuff like that, but they never felt the same at all. Definitely didn't sound the same. Bro. And, you know, and I've never liked a Britney Spears song. I've never heard a Britney Spears song that I actually like. <laughs> yeah, it is so <laughs> crazy. Well, I like. I like videos more than the songs. Like videos, visuals. Shoot. yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. remember the snake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was Spears, great. Britney that was Spears great. Was a, she's oh, a pop right icon yeah. for even more than just her music alone. That's what, yeah. like as far as like influence, look, and all that. Britney Spears is gonna go down as far as that goes. But as far as singing, nobody's gonna be like, I was inspired yeah. by Britney Spears. Oh yeah, that's right. just facts. Oh, her voice. No, she I was never inspired yeah. with my little talent to. Make it big. Because I like I like Christina <laughs> out the gate. I like Jeannie in the Bottle. Oh, yeah. Christina's dope. I was like, yo, this is a good song. And she then, got that Red Man song. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dirty. And, and and she had Red Man with her. And then when she connected with uh, DJ Premier, who's one of my favorite hip-hop producers, and did, uh you know, Back to Basics, I was like, man, let's go. 
Christina's dope, and she can speak Spanish, so yeah. she can she can be all over the market. She's right. probably bigger overseas. We just don't know. And she was big here. Don't get me wrong. No, she yeah, was she huge was, here. But big Britney here. Spears was a goddamn but Britney Spears, force. it was just ridiculous with, with the numbers she was doing at yeah. that time. It was just like crazy. But for me, musically, she just never registered to me. Yeah, of course, crazy. I know. Oops, I did it again because it was everywhere. You couldn't escape yeah. it. Right. That sound like I can sing in the hook, but I, you know, my soul is dead. But. <laughs> you do the dance. <laughs> I walk in All on you. That. Got pigtails for no reason. The whole school girl. I'm not that innocent. You hear me? I'm not that innocent. That's just yeah. I just think well, but they Spears, always they always want to pit people against each other and like Beyonce and Rihanna pit them against each other. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, nah, that's nah. not even nah. fair. It's not, it's not necessary. It's not necessary. That's another thing because I was. It's funny. Yesterday I was thinking in the car. Um. So Nicki Minaj has been like in the news a lot lately. Nicki Minaj low key had a little comeback right now. Keep going. But she's just beefing with everybody. Yeah. And it's like she messy, man. Shut up. She messy. Yeah. And then Lil Kim too, and it's like why they're pinning themselves against each other. Yeah. Even though I know we tend like as a mass as a whole, Mm -hmm. we tend to do that. But it's like especially as blacks. Yeah, like bring bring back not tonight era. Yeah. Remember that song? Mm-hmm. That song was great. Yeah. Everybody was on that song. Everybody on that song was popping at that time. Right. And made a, a dope little mm-hmm. ditty. Right. You feel me? Like, And it was a fun video. Yeah. It was a good time. I feel like that's never going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Except Babyface just dropped a new album. Did he? Mm-hmm. And it's all he's got all the big time R&B girls. I heard the oh. one with LMA on it. I liked it. Mm-hmm. He took the... um. The can we talk like uh, chord progressions and make really? something different? Yeah. So is this like another Wait Nick Sale soundtrack? What you saying? Um. Is he singing at all? Yeah, he's. Yeah, it, yeah. It's like Babyface and. Oh wow! So it's it's called Girls Night Out. Oh, that's the name of the album. Who else and, you got on there? Because I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't know got it was Kalani. Out. Oh, Ari okay. Lennox. Okay. Um. Let me see who else we got in here. Give me the list. Oh, snap. I know. I know. LMA, I LMA was this. the one that I yeah, heard. Yeah, it just it just dropped. Shit, I gotta tap in. Yeah, Babyface songwriter, one of the goats. Oh sure. man. Yeah, it, and that's gonna be interesting. His pen is just. All right, so Angie Martinez, which is interesting. Uh, oh. Qu- Queen Nija, that's how you say her name. Mm-hmm. Tiana Major, Tink, Baby Tate, Priscilla Renee, Amare, uh, Seven, Dochi, mm-hmm. LMA. Coco Jones. Yeah, she, I mean, Ari Lennox, like I said. Ari Lennox, yeah. Yeah, he got. Ari Lennox got a good album out, by the way. It's a She's good great. album. Yeah. Her voice is so distinct. Man, I like it. A lot of those artists I hadn't heard of, but shit, I'm pulling up. Right. I'm pulling up. Seven. That's a Houston album right there for you. Houston. You you going to Houston and oh, you always yeah. you always need a new album. I always need a new album. There's something else coming out. Oh, West Side Gun is putting out an album too this weekend. So okay, there you I go. got West Side Gun and the Babyface album. It's gonna be Houston right there. Mm-hmm. And when I was just out in Houston for the funeral, I was listening to Freddie Gibbs' new album. Oh, okay. So that album will also, you know, be a Houston thing. Look at you. Babyface, huh? Babyface. Did man. not know. He got visuals to it and everything. Really? Mm-hmm. Because Wayne Nick Sale is one of the best oh, absolutely. bodies of work ever for me. That I think that's the first album that me and my mom 
could get together on. was like, I love this album. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Y'all you know, yeah, you know that, that video of, uh, or that, <laughs> the meme of Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, yes. Carl Weathers. Like, yes. That's me and my mom. I'm glad y'all have that. Mm-hmm. And we like, Ma, wait next day. Oh. But it was, when I tell you, it's completely different. Like, it's so funny. We both love that album. Yeah. But for different reasons. Right. I love it because I'm like, this is great. I'm listening to the upbeat stuff. Ooh, yeah. Even the sad stuff. I'm like, yeah, girl. Uh-huh. Don't cry. But my mom's drinking wine. She's and she's singing it from her fucking soul. And she's like, I feel every word. Man, I was your love and your secretary. <laughs> you know my mom felt it on a different level. Different level. Yeah. You was just happy to be here. I was that happy time. to be here. She was Arthur with the closed fist. Man, you was 10. Yeah. 11. And I was loving that album. That album's great. It's such a good album. It puts me in a good state of mind. It puts me in a good space. And I just got good memories attached to living with it when it was new. Um, So I I think Babyface works wonders with uh, female vocalists. Male and female, but you know he has he he can write for women, man. And uh, I can't wait to to tuck into that new album. Yeah, it should be good. Yeah, I'm all in. Um, Tom Brady has a rookie card that sells for two point four million dollars. Yeah, somebody bought it. Somebody God, bought yeah. it for two point four million dollars. A card, a card. Tom Brady's rookie card, and Tom Brady is. You know, struggling this season, but he's he's one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback of all time in the NFL. So if you got the money, I mean, I don't know who bought it, but two point four million dollars for a card is for crazy. a card. That's crazy. You better have a just hell to, of a and display that's just case. To be like, I got it. Yeah. Because what are you gonna do with a card? I mean, are you do hoping the value goes up more later, or you right. actually collect? Like, I'm just thinking, like, that's a lot of money to just be like, yeah, man. What'd you drop 2.4 million on a day? A card. A card. Tom Brady rookie card. It's Tom Brady. I wonder, I want to know the net worth of whoever bought the card. What if, what if, what if, if their net worth is 3 million <laughs> and it was like 2.4 for this? <laughs> and I'd just be like, damn, you just got 600,000 left over. It's all worth it. I sold my house. Um, <laughs> I gave up my kids and everything. Man, the whole shebang. Um, but goddamn, that's a lot for just a card, man. I wonder how much the most expensive garbage pail kid card is. Oh, let me see. How much did that go man, for? Man, I used to have. Those. Oh, I used to collect garbage pail kids, man. That's before your time, man. You know what I'm saying? But man, no, we had a uh, upper deck. Upper deck. Upper deck been around. Garbage pail kids, though. I was all in on them joints. I definitely had got into it too. Oh, the one with the atomic head. So Nasty Nick is the most valuable garbage pail kid card valued at $7,500. I definitely had Nasty Nick. I had all of those. Oh, you know what? Wait, hold on. Let me look at Nasty Nick. Which one's Nasty Nick? My mother Nick? might still have all those. She can have Yo, them. Yo, you might need to. Uh, and then my uncle, too. My uncle has a lot of my, like, toys. It's the the thing of it is like when people could, like, get those, they have to keep it in, like, good condition. Like, you can't mm-hmm. ever just be like. Hold on, man. Wait, let me look at let me look these up real oh. quick. Hold on, I'm sorry, I gotta hold on to it just a second here. I just want to see what Nasty Nick looked like for sure. See if I remember this because I thought it was. Was the, he the, the one with the boogery 
the boogers and let's see. He might be. I feel like that's him. Nasty Nick. Image. Oh, you might have to put garbage pail. Oh, Nasty Nick is uh, Dracula based. Really? This is Nasty Nick. Oh. (laughs) That's hilarious. Hmm. He got a a a Barbie doll in his hand. (laughs) What? That's Nasty Nick. And then Corroded Carl. Let me see what Corroded Carl Oh, there was one that had a big booger coming out of his nose. I remember that visual. And I I remember liking him. I was like, this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Corroded, ooh, Corroded Carl. Yo, that's such a funny. I want Corroded Carl. I want him to come back. Yo. (laughs) Oh, he was like Melvin. He was like a a swamp swamp thing. Damn. So, all right, if you want to look up, if you want to look up, the top selling uh, garbage pill kit, not top selling, but the most valuable ones. Nasty Nick is number one. Corroded Carl, Adam Bomb. That's the one who's mm-hmm. that's iconic visually. Evil Eddie, Joel to Joel, Dirty Harry, Schizo Fran, Junkie Jeff. <laughs> Junkie Jeff. Junkie Jeff. Schizo Fran. Oh, they got everybody here. Yeah, they got everybody's uh, price. Oh, they got the top. Wait, hold on. Is it top hundred? Oh shit, I don't know what they're doing on this page. But those are the top most valuable joints. Uh, I never watched the movie, never bothered. Because I knew it was gonna be whack. It's man. The visuals, the uh what's the word I'm looking for? The animation. Yeah. Whatever. It's it's creepy. Garbage, pail. I never. I was like, That's man, so it's gonna creepy. be garbage. But I really love my favorite garbage pail kid of all time. Just in case y'all are wondering, is Roy Bot. <laughs> Roy Bot was my favorite garbage pail kid card of all time. That was my number one. Man, he was my number one garbage pail kid. He's not gross or anything. He's dope. Did you look him up? Roy look Bot. up Roy Bot. <laughs> I was like, yo, this is right up my alley, goddammit. I gotta play on words with these names. Yeah. Oh, is he uh what's it called? Roy Bot. Trans he's like He's a, a Transformer? Yeah. He's Optimus Prime? He looked more like Ultra Magnus, but yeah. That's him. Oh. That was my favorite one, man. That was my favorite garbage pill kid card. That's crazy. Back in the day. Um all right, man. Shit, we can get the hell up well, out no, of here. No, hold on. Huh? We have to pay respect to Leslie Jordan. Leslie Jordan, my bad. Because he got a lot of people just like you did through the through the pandemic. Because that man's videos was hilarious. He'd be like, "Well, shit, what you doing? <laughs> Screwing?" <laughs> Yo, did you know he was four eleven? Yeah, he's tiny because he's Dang. he's in Will and Grace. Remember, I I, oh. I watched all of Will and Grace. Yeah, uh, he's in American Horror Story, which uh-huh. I also watch. He's in this other show um, called The Cool Kids. Uh-huh. It's about like uh, like these older set of friends. Oh, Cool Kids with uh, David Allen Green. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's yeah, in yeah. that. Vicky Lawrence. Uh huh. Um, which I I enjoyed. Um, he was in The Help. He was in a lot. He was in The Help. Yeah. He oh, wow. he was. But he was behind a, a desk, so you couldn't tell his height. But yeah, every time he was next to somebody, he was like the villain yeah. in Will and Grace, mm-hmm. which was so funny because he would come in with his little attitude and be like, "Man, this guy," because it was always him against Jack. Okay, and it like <laughs> it's just it was he was hilarious to me. 
He died uh, in a car accident. He died in a car accident at Trash. 60, a single car, car accident at 67. And he just bought his first condo. He made a video about it and everything. He's like, I just, you know, don't ever let anybody tell you that it's not possible. I just bought my first condo at 67. He's like, um, he's like, I'm living in my deluxe apartment in the sky. Oh, and when you hear that, Jefferson's yeah. <laughs> but when you hear that, it's like, damn, man, man, he didn't yeah. even get to and enjoy it. The car accident was because he, they think he had like a health problem while he was driving. That's and they crashed I'm, the yeah. car. Oh, okay. that's what it sounded like. That's what no, Shannon that's what was telling saying. me that the car mm-hmm. wasn't even that banged up. So, yeah, he was in Hollywood and it happened. It could have been like cardiac arrest or something. Probably. Mm-hmm. Damn, man. That that's sucks, guy, man. man. He got so many videos. Yeah, when you told me that yesterday, I was like, man, come on, man. Yeah. That, the one that stuck out to me was like, oh, oh Lord God, I'm about to bust. That, <laughs> that shit is so funny. So many quotables yeah. that he blessed us with. Like, he really blew up during the pandemic. And there's ones of, like, him yelling at his mom. Mm. He's like, mama, please, leave me alone. I'm talking to my friends. And oh, he's just talking man. to his phone. <laughs> yeah. His but, mom's still alive? Apparently. Dang. That's crazy. That sucks, man. Shout out to Leslie Jordan, man. Shout out to Leslie Jordan. Man, death is a raggedy hoe. Mm-hmm. Enough. Yeah, you're trying to live, man. Right. And I, I do want to say, um, I'm when it comes to grief, let other let the person who's grieving, like you said, drive the ship. Mm-hmm. Sure. Let the person who's grieving, don't force anybody grieving to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking from like something personal that's just that I recently uh, went through. Don't try to force people to do to talk. Don't try to force people to like move and exist in a certain way, especially immediately after. Uh, just let people grieve the way that they want to grieve. You can't let people grieve. You can't make people grieve on your time, and there is no timeline for grief. Mm-hmm. Um, grief is forever. And, uh, yeah, uh, that's all I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> and that's real, though, because, you know, I, I had to tell people this. When we, when we were in Ground Zero with Serene, it was just like, you know, um, you got you to gotta let the people most affected by it just handle it the way they handle it. And, mm-hmm. you know... Basically, the best way to show up for people is just be around. That's all you got to do. Be around. Yeah. And they will they will let you know what's, what's needed. And so all you, all you got to do is just physically be around. You ain't got to come in with deep quotes and the, you oh know, the meaning of life. You ain't got to come in with none of that. Just be in close proximity. Just reach out on some regular stuff. And I find that that was the most effective for me, just people just being around, being close, being, you know, whatever, talking about different things. And and when and, and when the wave comes, they just there. You know what I'm saying? Why you go through the wave and then you come back and and you can't really, you know, dictate how a person should move and stuff like that. So just make sure people eat though. That's yes, that's like that's number important. one and water. You gotta eat and drink water. Yeah, making um, sure they making sure they're t- trying to take care of themselves. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like make thing. sure that they're like 
good. Exactly. Physically. Like if they're starving themselves, that's when you got to drop the hammer down. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know you're sad, but you're going to drink this shit right here. Drink this smoothie. Yeah. Um, And another thing I do want to say, I know we're so used to thinking that these are the words that need to be used when somebody's grieving, but try to avoid stronger, healing, um, better, because all of those words can be triggers. Mm -hmm. And you never get stronger, you never fully heal, and things will most likely never be better. You just learn how to exist with the sadness and you learn how to move and function and still be a normal human being while there's a dark cloud near nearby. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think it's very unfair to be like, things will get better or you'll be stronger or healing. Like this, this is a wound that this wound will be there forever. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I know. And also please refrain from saying this was God's plan. Cause that yes. shit is oh, not fair. Don't even come with that. That yeah. shit is not fair. That sh- that's or it's the bigger something bigger. Man. Yeah, they like, oh they on. needed them. Don't even come with that. Yeah, yeah that's stay away from that. And not everybody is religious like that, so that that's that that won't even hit the same. I remember my boy told me, you know, because one of my good friends lost his dad recently, and he was just like, um, you know, he was saying that he was looking for answers on you know how to deal with with the loss he just sustained. And I was just like, I was like, answers to what? And he was like, well, how to deal with the pain, move forward, deal with the grief, find real joy in the things I used to. And I was like, unfortunately, there is no answer. Like I told him straight up, there's no answer. And uh, and I was like, especially given how fresh this is, ain't no answer. I just told him that straight up. I was like, ain't no answer. You're not going to get it there. We've been dealing with this since human existence and nobody has the answer so don't even when the pastor come up and tell you i got the answer no they don't no nobody has the answer all you can do is learn how to live with the loss and be able to exist while feeling the pain and so and then after such a major loss time no longer makes sense right and i always tell people that time will no longer make sense because the the idea of it being over a year Right. It doesn't even feel like that. No. You know what I mean? So, like, just because for you, you're like, well, it's been this long, so they should at least get to a certain place mm-hmm. where they can function. And it's just like, that doesn't make sense. No, nope. like, right. That does that's, not. That, nah. Yeah. That that's no a longer, terrible thing to say. Yeah. Time no longer applies. There's no time in grief. There's, no. There is no time. No. Even if you were numb for the first six months and it just hit you eight months down the line. Mm-hmm. That's, That's how just what it that is. That was me. Yeah. Because yeah. remember, I was doing everything. Right. And so I was good. I was letting it out. Yeah. But there was a point where it hit me mad hard later on. At the when mural, I was, you was Oh, the devastated. mural. Yeah, that's when it... Yeah. And it's crazy because, I mean, you were there. Every yeah. time you would break down, I was like, yeah, rubbing mm-hmm. your back. Like, yeah, For everybody. Yeah, everybody right. involved. I was there. I was like, yeah, you know. Right. Yeah, I'm here. Da-da-da. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we need to plan something. I right, boom, boom, da-da-da-da. Right. But that mural, like, that mural, day, that's when I seen you cry the hardest ever. Because that, that, that made moment. it real. Yeah. Even though it was real the whole time. Yeah. But like just seeing like his face mm-hmm. being memorialized, it's like, this is stupid. Right. 
that's how I felt. I was like, man, this is fucking dumb. Right. Like that's what I that was my idea. Like that was my mentality the whole time. To this day, I'm like, this is so fucking stupid. Right. Just seeing him on the mantle, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Come on, man. This This is a piece of shit life. (laughs) This is dumb. I feel like a lot of people had that one moment though. It's just that's all it takes is that one moment to be like. Yeah. Oh, Damn, yeah. that's, that's when you have to come with terms to that shit. It's yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm. It's just, you never know when it's coming. I was like, when my when my friend uh, committed suicide. I was like, I was shocked, but I it was like I couldn't really feel it, and that's yeah. usually how it goes oh, yeah. for me. It's just like I be like, yo, such and such, and it's just like shocking to me. And I was just like, right. I don't. My girlfriend was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. I was, I, I was like, yeah. I was being honest. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I don't. Right. I'm you know. And then when I went and it was like a. I don't know what it was supposed to be, but it, it turned into like a viewing, but I didn't know that his body was going to be there. Uh-huh. Fuck me up. Yeah. Yeah. Because we was just walking, like it was me and one of my friends. I had never met this, the friend that I had met up with in person. Yeah. It was our first time being in person. So that's our first like real interaction. But I knew the person that passed away in real life. That was one of my friends from high school. Right. And went up there and it was like, where, like, why are we in? Like, you know, we were signing the thing. It was like, that ain't him, is it? Mm. It was him. And it just. Yeah. That's yeah. Crazy. And I was like, man, I, I wasn't ready to. I wasn't ready to see all that. Right. And it just, yeah, it's take you back to those moments to be like, man, damn. And then like after the part afterwards, like I remember talking to my dad, he was like, he's like, the hardest part is going to be being like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that gets me every day. I just be like, yeah, that's, that's it. it. He's like, damn. It's crazy. My that's friend, it. my friend Eric passed away in 2020. And I, I'd be cussing him out mentally, but it never really like hit me. But he has a mural in Harlem. Mm. I feel like the day I see that, I'm that's done. When it's going oh, that's when I'm gonna sock be, you out. I'm gonna be cussing up a storm. I'd be cussing him out all the time because yeah. he, he took his life, and I'd be like, "You motherfucker!" Yeah. <laughs> but he knows me, like you know what I mean, right? He, like, but that's just how we were, like, man, mm-hmm. piece of shit. <laughs> like, what right. are you doing? <laughs> so, like, I feel like that's the day that it's really gonna be like. Mm. Even though it's been years now, right? Yeah, I'm scared. I, th- I last time I was in New York, I avoided Harlem. Mm. Yeah, I avoided Harlem. <laughs> we was in Harlem. We was on 125th. Well, I avoided that part of Harlem, Spanish okay. Harlem. Yeah. Uh, we was on 125th. 125th. Mm. I can do. What the hell were we there for? Food. We were there for. We went by the Apollo. I bought those sweatshirts. I think we just went just to go to Harlem. Yeah, but we we stood on one twenty fifth. We didn't go. We, we didn't venture right off. Nah. If we would have ventured off, uh-huh. I probably would have broke down. Yeah, but like one twenty fifth is obviously still Harlem, but it's it's it. That's not the part of Harlem that gets me because mm. I used to live on one seventeenth between first and second. Now those parts of Harlem is like that's home. That's like, but like one twenty fifth turned into damn near Disneyland, bro. Yeah, I, I could I could feel that. <laughs> I could feel that. You but feel it, still, it, right? it still had it still had its dope New York appeal, but I could oh, tell yeah, this yeah. is where people come when they from out of town. You can tell they come here. Cause you know Harlem is so historic. Yeah. So you can tell that that was the area where it goes down. Mm-hmm. Um hell yeah. And I still, you know what I'm saying, I still get hard waves tough. Mm-hmm. You know, that last breakdown I had when I got off the phone about the court stuff. Oh man. I barely could drive. I was right. just like, so. it's just, and then certain shit just pull you back in there. Yeah, too. yeah. it triggers be a real thing. Yeah, and it just be yeah. like, I don't know. It, 
it just be certain moments. It just be like random shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you you think about it like damn, like a song coming like damn. Yeah. I remember. And Man, done. I, when Drew said uh, "Love y'all," yeah. Hold it together. <laughs> Hold it the fuck together. And yeah. yeah, just be like little things where I'm just like, damn. Yeah, you did some phenomenal stuff in Houston, man. Oh yeah, yeah you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Sabrina went to Houston just to you know be with Jason's family um, at their house, and you know because Tammy, you know, and Juju, and the family is just dealing with a lot, and it's fresh. And she went she went down there to spend a week with them, and she did some phenomenal stuff. Thank you, appreciate breakthrough it. McGee. Thanks. Yes, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like I didn't know what to expect. You showed and so, up and showed out. Yeah. I feel like there's always that one person that does that. Yeah. No I matter what I it really, is, it'd be somebody that you would not expect. It's, to be a, it's always an unexpected <laughs> person just coming through. It's like goddamn in the clutch, right? Because we were close before, but right. we weren't this close. Right. This, we weren't. I'm gonna pull up to your crib. Yeah. Randomly close. Right. Even though, like, I know I could have. Yeah. But it still wasn't to this point where, like, okay, you're going through some shit. I'm going to be there. Like, I think I was the last person they expected. This is the most time you spent with them at As a one whole. time. Yeah, because it's usually it's like an hour. Yeah. Or even, like, maybe even less than that. Um, but yeah, I really didn't know what to expect. But I keep saying that it was like a substitute. What do I keep saying? It's like a teacher. It's like a teacher going to that classroom that's just. Like the bad class in the and hood. the bad hood they and everybody going through it. They going want through you in there. It was, when I tell you. you coming here. Yes, that's exactly the energy. We don't need you around here. That was the energy. And I was like, man, I don't give a fuck about what nobody said yeah. before me. Right. Because fuck what they talking about. They wrong. Right. You're right. And it was like when the students are seen for the first time, yeah. like, oh. Oh, this teacher is different. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what You think what you it know what like. it's like? I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> and I, that's exactly what it was. I've been there. I've been where you at. <laughs> that's exactly. I was saying stuff that I went through that she's like, oh, Yeah. Yes. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yes. Connected. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And this is, they were married for 21 years. Damn. So this is a lot. You know, mm-hmm. but I'm just happy that I could be there. Um, and yeah. Oh, one time we went to the store. We went to, it was me, Jew, and Jew's best friend. And, you know, they were being teenage boys, 16 year olds. And the cashier was like, oh my God, are these your sons? I was like, yeah, these are my sons. They're crazy uh-huh. kids. I'm back. <laughs> I'm 52. I just turned 52. Lying straight <laughs> and up. She said, oh my God. You look so good. No, why you be lying to people, man? And it was so funny. I was like, "Yeah, vegan." <laughs> never told her. Never told her I was lying. Yeah. And just walked out. And Jew was like, "Yo, you never told her you were joking." <laughs> I was like, "Cause I want her to tell that story." <laughs> Sabrina's a fraud, man. I want her to tell that story. I met a fifty-two-year-old. She looked great. <laughs> Had two teenage boys, man. She okay. looked a day over thirty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> But you did phenomenal stuff, man. That was amazing. Thank you. I appreciate Proud it. You, man. Um, anyway, we're getting the hell up out of here. I got to do Gross Point Bait. It's up next. Um, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Verbal Cardio. Please tell your friends. Share this with your friends and family. Um, like and comment. Even if you're in here live, come back when I post the video and like and comment. Also, please comment on everything we talked about in this episode. 
your favorite memories, all that, your favorite parts of the podcast. Let's get that engagement going and what you picking and all that good stuff, man. I love y'all passionately, and uh, we out.